Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Amen. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, girls. I had a false start just before. I thought it was on, but I wasn't on. Amen, we're on. So good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. First off the rank, I actually, I didn't see it scroll past, but I can see Becky Lee, I can see Nat Pingle, I can see Joe Wheeler, I can see Susan Denton, my good friend. I think you're up in Queensland at the moment. Amen, with Pastor Lee and um, Lee Ramsey. Anyway, that aside, good morning, girls, yet again. <laughs> it is Thursday morning and it is 5 p.m. here in California where I am. And I know I say that every week, but you know, you gotta start with something. So uh, I trust you all are nice to see you. Craig Rochelle, I can actually see Craig Rochelle on here for a few minutes. How long are you gonna stay, Craig? That's amazing. Say hi to Amy and the family. You're an incredible friend. You're awesome. Praise the Lord. No, no pressure to stay, Craig. You can leave actually. <laughs> or stay. Praise the Lord. Anyway, it's good to see you and I'm excited for um, our conversation today, our sisterhood today. This is our Australian sisterhood, as many of you know, but for anyone new, this is our Aussie sisterhood, our Thursday morning, Thursday's girls. And of course, it's open to anyone who wants to lean in. So it's fantastic. So you know what? I've got faith for this morning. I have faith for this morning. And um, I'm really believing that God's gonna do something lovely and beautiful. I'm excited because in a little while, I'm gonna actually hook up with the amazing Helen Burns. But um, I've got faith to believe that you're gonna be encouraged this morning, that you're gonna be inspired by the grace of God, and um, you're gonna be empowered. And sometimes that's the nature of fellowship. When we come together, when we share, when we lean into one another, um, we get empowered. We get empowered with wisdom and life. So that's fantastic. Shall I pray? Shall I pray, guys? There's a good 545 of you already, so that's fantastic. I can see Shelley Alvarez. I can see Jackie, my beautiful niece, Jackie, Jacqueline. Hallelujah. I can see Liz Turner, who's just down the road, actually. Annie Garrett. Hey, Annie, you did a great um, midday prayer the other day. Maybe yesterday, or was it today? I don't know. It all starts to blur. But we're getting those midday prayers um, into more spaces so that we all don't miss them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Father God, I just want to thank you for today. I thank you for every single person who is hooking in, um, every girl, every guy, actually. And I pray, Father God, that you'll have your divine way. So with humility of heart, yet again, we commit ourselves to you. And I ask you, dear Holy Spirit, that you will come, that you will hover over your word, that you will hover over our conversation today, and that um, homes and houses and hearts are going to be blessed. Amen. Amen. If you agree with me, say amen. I need to see good comments, girls. There you all are. You can see Emma saying hi. Jackie Brown, beautiful, love it. Amanda Bull, Tracy Barrel. Amen. Craig, you're still here. Amy says hi. Well, that's fantastic. You guys are an inspiration. Amen. <laughs> beautiful. Amen. All the faithfuls. All right. So, um, amen. What am I going to do here? Um, again, just trust that you're well. Just waiting for girls to get on. Um, Trust that you're well, that you've had a good week. Have you had a good week? Anything exciting happened this week? Again, every week, if you've had birthdays, let us know because we want to send some birthday love. There's always an ocean of birthdays at Hillsong Church, and that's always beautiful. And um, again, I just want to say how grateful Brian and I are. He's um, he sat pretty much over there behind me in his undies pretty much for the whole day writing a message and he's only just got it done showered quickly and then gone down to the studio to um to record that and so you know some of the reason i can't get to MC some of the services is because this clashes with the filming but that's okay so we're praying that um he'll have the word of the lord in his mouth and uh yeah and i just i just want to say that church is flourishing and i know we're up to number 18 this is week 18 of, of sisterhood like this but honestly, um, church is flourishing and we maybe can't see each other, but you know what? There are, there are indicators that are strong. And so again, we just want to thank you for your leaning and for your faithfulness and uh, always your kindness towards us. Any highlights? 
just chatting while we get started. I had a couple of highlights this week, just a couple. Got to have that long lunch with my son Ben, which was very, very nice. The other one's gone over to New York. They've gone to have a, a little bit of a break um, together, which is nice with old friends in New York. So keep in mind it's summer over here, so it's summer vacation time. So it was so nice to sit with Ben. He took me to lunch down the road. He's actually lovely. And, um, and then this week I've got to hang with some of our um, global locations. So we got to hang with um, Kyle and Liz Turner, who are um, our pastors of Hillsong, Kansas City. So they've come across um, here to have a couple of days break. So we got to hang with them a little bit. And also Terry and Judith Chris, who are from Phoenix, doing such a great job there, amen. So I think they're driving back to Phoenix right now. And um, yeah, and then I got to chat with Chris and Lucy last Friday. Are you still with me, girls? This is boring. You know, I got to chat with Chris and Lucy Mendez in, uh, you know, South America, Central America, the whole nine yards, and uh, did a leadership Zoom with them. So that was fun. It was so nice to see them. So keep praying for those guys because, you know, COVID is not being kind in that part of the world. So in Jesus' name, I hope that we're doing lots of prayer about that. Amen. Okay, if I could encourage you, um, I've been going six minutes. All right, if I could encourage you with one scripture this morning, may I do this, everyone? Okay, are you all loving your Bibles down here? Beautiful. All right, you know what? Psalm 84. And I know it's a favorite it's a faithful foundational scripture passage um, psalm in our church. But I just want to read it to you if I may, all right? So let me, let me get my Bible here. Hallelujah. I'm reading from the Passion again. Why? Why is that, Bobby? Because this is the only one I brought with me. Hallelujah. But it says uh, in verse 5, it says, How enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord? Within their hearts are the highways of holiness. Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep, listen to that, they dig deep to find a pool, a pleasant pool where others only find pain. He gives to them a brook of blessing filled with the rain of an outpouring. They grow stronger and stronger with every step forward. And the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. And you know what girls, the nature of scripture, the nature of meditation, the nature of opening the word of God each day is to meditate it is to look at it, is to read it again and again and again. And it's as you do, it's like the gold comes to the foreground. And I know that many of you are like seasoned in the Word of God. And you know this to be true, but you know, what if someone's listening on today for the first time or they're kind of young in faith, amen? People are coming to faith in this season. But you know what? That's how you read the Word. You think, how do I read the Word? You just open it, you decide where you're gonna go. Hallelujah. Maybe a Psalm, Proverbs and just read it again and again and again. And as you do, it will open to you. So I look at this, I looked at this yesterday for you. I actually girls went, Father, what is a great verse to read to the girls tomorrow? And again, it says, how enriched, how enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord? How enriched? You know, that is, to be enriched, is that a mark of our faith? Will that be a mark of, you know, believers in the days that are going, um, that are in front of us, that we would be enriched in faith, not necessarily rich in wealth, or although the promise of God is blessing and that God will favor and look after your life and cause your life to be successful, but, you know, to be enriched in life where others are not actually to be enriched because of his goodness in our lives. It says, how enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord? Again, you've got to find it, guys. You've got to seek for it and search for it. It's that divine exchange. In our own strength, we've got nothing. We've got nothing really to offer. Or what we offer comes to a ceiling. And then, you know, when you're like, your strength is weak, what do we do? We go back to the divine exchange. And again, if that's unfamiliar territory for you, you know, in... Oh, which book was it? Stay the Path, I think. I haven't written that many. Um, I talk about the divine exchange. It says, within their hearts are the highways of holiness. Holiness is like a big word. Certainly not going to unpack it today by any means. But can I just remind us that, you know, our God is a holy God. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is a holy spirit. And so you know what? Keeping our lives clean and pure is actually important. Amen. If we want to have fellowship with the Spirit of God, if we want Him, He's always going to be near. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. But if we want to actually entertain intimacy with the living God, then we've got to actually allow our lives to be clean. Search my heart, O oh God. Okay, so if you've stuffed up this week, don't worry. Just say, Father, I'm so sorry. Holy Spirit, come. Create in me a clean heart again. Okay, I wasn't planning on saying that. Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, 
Here's the point, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others only find pain. What an incredible scripture that is, that we can dig deep. He gives to them a brook of blessing filled with the rain of an, out, of an outpouring. They grow stronger and stronger with every step forward and the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. And you know, I, I love this passage. I often reference it in the message where it says, you know, and that wind, that road winds upwards and then finally the final bend and then it's like God and Zion, God in full view. And you know, I always, until you say, I always look at that as like coming around that corner and our living God is waiting for us. But you know, when I read it uh, yesterday, it says, and the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. I saw the Lord leading us in, not just waiting for us, waiting in our future, but actually leading the, the triumphant parade, leading our hearts home in Jesus' name, amen. So I love that he leads us and he welcomes us in Jesus' name. So I think that's a beautiful scripture. I hope that has blessed you. Can't see any, oh, there you all are, love it. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful verse and I think it has a beautiful personal promise within it. I think it... Um, it's a beautiful gift within salvation, hallelujah. And um, I think it is something that can become a beautiful testimony in our lives. Is that right? Just a little exhortation as we start before I, I dial up Helen. But um, a beautiful testimony whereby the grace of God, always by the grace of God, we can actually show others how to find pools of blessing in those places that are hard, where others only find pain. By the grace of God, we're going to find blessing. Amen. All right, if you can hear banging, it's because there are some men in the apartment next door fixing the windows, all right? So if a strange man just goes past, give me a heads up, guys. Hallelujah. So um, I thought it would be great today if um, I thought it would be helpful for us to actually focus again on um, relationships and digging deeper into relationships. And it doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter what your you know status in life is. We all have relationships. And here's the deal. Great, they're drilling now. I'm just going to go and stay there. Don't move. I'm just going to go and close the window. go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There's always something, isn't it? If it's not Brian making coffee, um, it's that. But here's the deal. I think COVID is definitely testing and refining relationships. Whether we like it or not, it actually is. So I'm excited because I am going to dial out one of my forever friends, um, Helen Burns. And I think she carries an anointing and a wisdom for relationships. So does that sound like a plan? If that sounds like a plan, girls, Give me a little thumbs up. I can see my sister. Fantastic. I can see Laura. Good morning, sweetheart. Oh my gosh, I might give this to you next week to do, Lossie Bell, if you're not doing anything. Anyway, all right, I'm going to find Helen. Pray for me. Whew, praise the Lord. All right, today has been difficult. Hmm. Am I blessing you girls? Why would it do it? Those little faces, go. There she goes. We've been so good over the past few weeks. All right, so we're just waiting for Helen. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Oh. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. <laughs> I'm already blessed just listening to your words. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I could listen to you forever. You're my well, favorite. Helen, I could listen to you forever. And in a moment, we're going to listen to you, not forever, but for a good amount of time. <laughs> lovely. It's so lovely to see you. Are you well? So well. I'm actually flourishing, surprisingly. It's amazing how these seasons test us. And then you find out what's on the inside of you. I mean, it's very different, but we're great. Very great. Life is great. Church is great. You know, it's summer in Vancouver. It's good. Fantastic. You have, are you at home or you're at the office? I am at home. Upstairs is the first gathering of all the Burns children for the first time. 
I'm not sure that it's exactly legal, almost legal, because I've had all my children over in pockets and people over, but not the whole gathering. So there's going to be 14 of us for dinner, but there's tons of space outside so we can socially distance. And, but I'm at home, but I'm in my bedroom because the rest of the house is filled with Burns people. Oh, I love that. I, hang on, I love adjusting my chair um okay well that's like you're way more exciting than my world i mean i've just got like strange workmen out my window and you've got all your family gathering and i'm not going to be jealous but you actually girls listening john and helen have a beautiful home with a beautiful view and she is like homemaker extraordinaire in so many ways so thank you helen for coming on with me today you're amazing so can i just do what i often do is just introduce you because honestly I think everyone knows you, but nevertheless, there might be some who don't. The beautiful John and Helen Burns um, have been girls, have been our friends for like, don I was going to say donkey's years, but that really is showing my yeah, <laughs> years. And you know, I think guys, I think we met in the eighties, was it? I think in Seattle, were you saying? It was Seattle. It was like a long time ago. I mean, twenty-seven years ago, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Okay, but basically we met, I think, at, with, with Casey and Wendy. So when God mm -hmm. opened amazing doors for Brian and I to look for our world to be expanded and for us to see, you know, God was just expanding our world, um, we got to collide with the likes of you. So up in Seattle, it was fantastic. I'll never forget it. Back in the days of, like, high jeans and plaid shirts. Back in the day when we wore high jeans and plaid shirts. How I know. <laughs> so, and, you know, we met Holly there and Phil and the whole nine yards. And so I'm kind of, it's kind of lovely. All right. For those of you who don't know, Pastor um, John and Helen are part of our Hillsong Church, um, Hillsong Churches, Hillsong Families set of churches. So there's Hillsong Church, which again, we have locations all around the world and then they have multiple campuses. And then we have another layer of relationship with churches who want to lean a little bit closer. So they're called Hillsong Family Churches. And then there is the network, which is, you know, full of fabulous and thousands of beautiful people. So John and Helen are part of our Hillsong Family Churches, everyone. And many of you will be familiar with her because um, of the series that we have on Hillsong Channel called Sex, Love and Relationships. I always want to say love, sex and relationships, but it's sex, love and relationships, isn't it? It is. That wasn't my decision, but somebody decided it might be catchier if we put sex first, and I think that might be true. <laughs> so you and John have been remarkable in that space, and, like, you know, not just one series, but, like, tell us how many series we're up to now. Well, our, we're planning to come and film in, in uh, California, season six, in October. Oh, it's wow. wild. Well six seasons it actually shows how popular it is and how needful it is and so I just want to thank you and John for doing that and you know like I know it's the passion of your lives you've got to do it you've got to host it with different people even like um Danny and Krishan hey in Perth mm -hmm. they've hosted it at different times I don't think we'll be here in October though I'm really hoping that we won't be here in October but I'm disappointed that I won't be seeing you um so you were born and raised in Vancouver Canada I sure am. Born yeah. here, lived here all my life. Um, married to John for how many years? 46. Can you believe it? <laughs> I actually had to look at that. I wrote that down and I was like, that can't be right. What age it do is. you have? Are you allowed to talk age? Yeah, I'm 64. 64, John 67. And we met in high school. Like I got married at 18 and had my first baby at 19 and my last baby at 22. So, you know, I did everything really soon. I became a grandmother at 40. Who does that? But so, wow. yeah, now I have a granddaughter that was literally born, my first granddaughter, during the week of the first color. Madison, right? That's right. She's 24, yeah, the same age as color. What is she doing now? Well, she's she's just working right now. She's keeping busy working. She's she's really into I think her dream, her actual dream is to do um counseling with art like art therapy. That's kind of her her niche. Wow. Yeah. She's an artist. She's an artist. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, you're one year older than me, Helen. We're vintage. <laughs> we are. <laughs> 
wine. We have just good wine. We have vintage wine. Amen. I Hallelujah. agree. And we're still on the line if that's possible. I don't know. So you have, like you, well, you haven't said it. I'm saying it. You've got three adult children. You've got eight grandchildren. And just, you know, for the sake of history, you planted Relate Church 34 years ago. Mm -hmm. And in recent times, you have handed the lead role leadership of that over to your beautiful daughter, Angela, her husband, yeah. Rob. How was that? Like, how did you find that? <sighs> you know, it's one of those things you don't know it's going to happen. I, we didn't. Um, it, it couldn't be better. It couldn't be better. It feels like such a dream. And it's so interesting. I was thinking about it. I mean, I get tender talking about it all the time, how God knows our steps and he orders them so divinely. And I think how uniquely Angela is positioned and called to lead for such a time as this. Um, she and Rod are amazing leaders. They're a beautiful team. I mean, Angela, you know, when she was 18 or 17, came on staff at the church and has never left. She's 45 now. I don't know how I have a 45-year-old child, but I do. And, um, you know, she's, she's leading in this season, and how she leads the team is stunning. So, I mean, it, was, it, it felt... It's big. It's bigger than you think it's going to be, but it's, it's better than you ever imagine. And watching what's happening, that we handed over the, the lead um, last February, February uh, 2019. And so what a year for her to like lean into all of this, but it's actually been such a divine, we're just watching God work so beautifully. I love that you got to, the two of you got to come down for color. That's the last time I got to see you. We got the last time we got to worship together. Hey, All the last time I got to worship with anybody yep. <laughs> other than in my home or online as I sing along with church or with you. I'm at your church every Saturday <laughs> night over here. But yeah, the last time I was with people was Sunday night, March 15th at, at Sunday night mm -hmm. service. And I had, we had just done color together. It was what a gift. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a hundred years ago, but actually it's not that long ago, but it feels like a long time ago. Okay, it I does. say, I mean it. You are known by many, loved by all. Hallelujah. And you know what? You and John have probably, I mean, this is how awesome you are. You've probably been to more of our global rooms than I have. <laughs> I don't know for sure. Okay. Have you been to Barcelona? No, no. It's <laughs> one we have in common. We need to go then. <laughs> we do. I haven't been to Barcelona or to Portugal, but, but we've been to many and they're all stunning. Yeah. So you really are family and what you and John invest into our, our rooms and our, our beautiful people is just breathtaking. I'm, I'm saying this with, in all truthfulness, Helen, you are a truly faithful friend. And uh, I don't say that lightly, you really are. I said this of um, Amanda Ferguson last week, that you're a safe place and you actually really are. And, you know, if relationships can, um, it's an old school comment, but if, if relationships can either be depleting or replenishing, you know, you are definitely replenishing to me. And I get, like, I love it when you turn up and you always turn up. You've always turned up and I, I value that. So you're amazing. You love sisterhood, girl. She loves sisterhood. Hallelujah. She's faithful. She loves it. What do you love about sisterhood, um, Helen? Oh, gosh. I believe that. It, it's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful for you, Bobby. I couldn't say enough words about you because I would never be who I am without you. And you modeled sisterhood to me. I, I, you know, I was doing what I was doing the best I knew how to do, but I feel like my eyes were opened on a whole different level when I watched how you launched out and I watched you build what you're building. I mean, I know it was there, but I think about the conference and that and how much it's impacted me. I think there's something divine when the sisters gather. I think that we are such a significant part of the body. And of course, I love the church. I love the big C church, the global church. But I think often um, the whole sisterhood part, the, the feminine part of the family of God has often been kind of... Um, you know, not really nurtured in the way that I think it needs to be. And I think sisterhood is such a nurturing place. It's a growing place. It's an equipping place. It is a, it, it's a way when we, there's something when women come together that can just, let's change the world because we can and we'll, 
roll up our sleeves and we'll do whatever it takes. And so what I've experienced in the whole season of sisterhood here and even the connection to sisterhood globally um, is just watching what can happen. And, you know, your beautiful book, Stay the Path, if we just stay the path and now 34 years later, I see, you know, women who met and fell in love and now have babies. I have seen, you know, ministries being launched. I've seen so much. And, and I just think that's the gift of being in the season of life I'm in right now is that you get to see the fruit of investing into the sisterhood. I love it all. I love when the women gather. I mm. do. I, I'm just having a minute right now. I think, um, I think you were doing like a women's conference of some description before I was. I can remember coming up to Seattle to speak at Wendy. I can't quite remember Wendy. And sounds like I think you told me this story. I'm not saying that because we are in a history important. So you're breaking up a little bit. I don't know if it was you or if it's me, so. Okay, I can hear a sound too. So let's just see. Can't hear oh, over I... the... Has it stopped, girls? The beeping stopped. Someone's saying you can't hear over the beeping. All right. Oh, the... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the enemy. Okay, so are we good to go? Can you hear me, Helen? I can hear you. Okay. I've got to stop shouting. <laughs> Can you hear me, Helen? <laughs> All right. I was, I was just saying, if, if you can hear me now, I was just saying that somewhere in Seattle, you ran a women's conference even before I did, before I was fully in that revelation. And somewhere in Seattle, I think I was speaking, but you were saying, it, like you felt, you sat there, you felt like arrows were hitting your arrows of revelation. And I'm not saying that because we're so smart or clever. I'm saying it because we're sitting in a moment in history where God has opened up something. In the last, you know, 20 something decades, um, 22 decades or so, he's opened up a new chapter on the earth. And so this whole sisterhood, sisterhood thing, it's not a light thing. It's actually a powerful thing that God is doing, hey, just like you said. It is so powerful. And I think I needed to get a revelation of it as well. I think that I hadn't seen it modeled. It's not something I grew up. I mean, my mom and the church I, she went to, there was like a sewing circle. God bless them. They sent, you know, sewed <laughs> things and sent them out to the mission field. But it wasn't something I could ever see embracing. And then again, you know, I know Wendy was a huge impetus in, in you launching. She is the first conference I ever saw. And so that absolutely, I went along because we birthed, our first church, well, our church, it was first called Victory Christian Center, um, out of, you know, going down to Christian Faith Center, when we would drive three hours every Sunday to go to church in Seattle, another country. <laughs> and, uh, but I first saw it. And so I thought, okay, I want to do this at home as well. But it, but yeah, but when I came along to, um, to Sydney that first time, I was forever changed. I went home and I think cried for days and then like, God, how do I build what I, what you're asking me to build? But yeah, I was doing it. I think before, yeah, it was before you launched color. Yeah. I'm grateful, Helen. And next year, Lord willing, you're going to be with me again in, um, you know, Kiev and Moscow. Mm -hmm. So kind of, and I know that you have such a soft spot for the girls up there. All right, Helen, here's, here's some questions for you. <laughs> okay. Bring it. You and me would just chat away forever. <laughs> but um, 2020 has been a big year, obviously. So just tell us quickly how the Canadians are faring, how you're faring, and if there's a silver lining in this for you personally. I think the Canadians have done well. I think parts of our country have struggled more than others. British, British Columbia has, you know, winning the prize, so to speak. It's not perfect, but it's been fantastic. And uh, our numbers are really low, and we just have to keep behaving ourselves. And I think we'll see ourselves through the other side. We can't gather for church yet, but I think the Canadians are doing well. Um, it's an interesting time, you know, uh, for all of us. I think we discover a lot about the culture of your city or, you know, it's interesting. But for me, the silver lining has been, I see so many families reconnecting, I think has been a lot of hardship, but I'm such, I'm so passionate about the table. I just see families saying that 
they're getting priorities in order. I think that there has been that. And for me too, I think the silver lining is John and I have been able to take time, not racing around the world, um, just really taking time to think about this unique season in our life. What's next? How are we going to engage the future? And we've never dreamed bigger dreams than we are right now. It's actually, there's so many silver linings. Yes. And I get to come to sisterhood every Thursday, Wednesday here, but I, I've been joining you. I'm like, yes, I'm loving this. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So girls, I asked Helen um, to tell me the three things that she most loves to share about. And this is what she wrote back to me. She texts back and she said, she loves to talk about open and honest friendship. She loves to talk about marriage. She loves to talk about legacy. She also said that she loves to talk about the last days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, ask me anything, Jill. Just don't ask me to unfold revelation to you. Yeah, well, guess what, Helen? We're going to revelation right now. Well, no, I'll, just, I'll just say amen to everything that you say about the Antichrist and the mark of the beast. Go for it, Bob. <laughs> I was thinking about that today. I went for a bicycle ride. I was praying for all you girls. I was praying for Helen. And then I was thinking about, you know, the latter days and I thought actually these are days for like we might be allowed to lose our mind for like a minute but then capture it again but what we can't do is lose our faith these are not days for losing our faith <clears throat> amen amen <laughs> amen but anyway Helen said open and honest friendships marriage legacy and so Helen sweetheart I just want to give it to you for a wee while like if you could fine tune or if you could like choose the most critical of wisdom in these three areas, like what would you tell the girls today? Because I think these are really big, they're huge subjects. You're not going to be able to give due diligence to it all, but like just talk from your heart to the girls for a wee while. <laughs> wow. Yeah, those are big statements. But I think what, you know, John and I in our early days really struggled in our marriage. And I think I had a dream at 18 years old. I'm madly in love with this beautiful man and everything's going to be perfect, but it wasn't. Right around the time that, you know, John was ready to graduate from, he became a dentist. Our marriage was broken. Our life was broken. And yet, um, God, thank God for God. You know, when I finally just let God rebuild my life, he transformed yeah. our marriage but it wasn't because God fixed everything about John I thought because I actually thought he was the problem but I think that the core essence I really did if you had asked me I would have swore on a stack of Bibles I have one issue and it's him it's not me I'm trying so hard I think we do that so often but I think the thing that I learned there and I think this would be true for legacy it's true for marriage it's true for friendship it is pay attention to your own heart. I feel like that is the thing I say more than ever. When I went to work on my own heart, when I went to work on, you know, in, in, in uh, Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, it says, pay attention to your heart because it affects everything you do. Or in one translation, it, it, for out of it flow the direction of your life, out of it flows the issues of life. Everything we have in the future, whether it's beautiful friendships, whether we build a beautiful legacy, Everything is dependent on the condition of your heart and no one else can steward it for you. No one else could. So all the times that I was disappointed in life, disappointed in what was happening, I kept coming back to, and I know that is the secret of, of my life today. You know, it's like, how am I not? And even during this season of COVID, it's, it's like the circumstances are not ideal, but how am I in the middle of it? And, and learning how to do the hard work of, of dealing with my own heart. And, you know, the Bible t teaches us to, to look inside, to pay attention, to not just assume that everything's okay. So I find myself, if I'm irritated, if I find myself um, sad, if I find myself struggling, I don't go and look at everything external. I have learned the lesson of how am I? Am I talking to God? Am I keeping unforgiveness out? Am I, am I allowing um, God to do the, the work in my heart? And I, I, I've really realized that um, life can be beautiful, whether our circumstances are or not. And I, there would be people listening to today in, in the hardest places in relationship, whether it's with family or with marriage or with friendship or maybe your place of employment. I don't know. But I know that if I do the work to check in, like, how am I? God, you know, check my heart to see if there's any wicked way in me. And if there is, then God, I need to deal with it. Um, 
if there's resentment, if there's bitterness, if there's discouragement, where is that coming from? And I think that in, um, that is one of the things that I think if I have learned to do anything, I have learned to check on my heart. And, you know, I, I know you and I have had lots of conversations in these many years that we've had a friendship that we may have a moment um, or a few hours or something when something goes not great in life and we have a big cry or a frustration and bad things happen and they break our hearts. But we've got to know how to get back to a place that I'm okay because God's got this. He's holding me. And I think when I, even way back, so after four years of marriage, John and I, it was like we were done. But I had such a beautiful encounter with God. And, and in that place, I just said to God, show me who I am. Show me who my husband is. And out of that revelation of discovering who I am, not based on what people said about me, but what does God say about me and how he adores me and how he loves me and how he has a plan for me. There, there's no end of scriptures that would just bolster you up and take you forward in life. Um, and I, that's what I've learned to do. I've, I've learned how to bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and not forget his benefits. He gives me everything that I need. And so if you were to ask, you know, what is the biggest thing, I think that has been the core central part of allowing God to, like, to tend to my heart and, and to work in relationship with him. And it has affected my marriage. It has affected my relationship as a mom. It's helped me lead the church. It's helped me, you know, with my next door neighbors. I, I don't know um, how else I would do it. And, and, but I know how to come back and check in on myself. And I'm grateful for that. I love that. I love that. I'm taking notes, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, yeah, I, I honestly, I think that we make it so difficult sometimes. I, I grew up with the most amazing parents. And one of the things, my mom, John said this to me many years ago, is that it occurred to me. Um, and I, don't, I knew that he was letting me, I, he wasn't trying to be critical of me. But, you know, I, we had a rough start. I was mean. I was mad all the time in the early years of marriage. I was shouting at him, and uh, he kept just leaving the house. I mean, that. People who know us today have a hard time believing that's what it was. But it was. It was awful. But I had this example in my mom. And Johnny said it one time. He said, I don't think I've ever seen your mom have a bad day. And I thought, you know what? I don't think I have either. So you think about that. Not because her heart wasn't broken at times. Not because we as our chil her children or, you know, situations weren't hard. But she knew how to draw strength from God. And I watched that. And it set me up. So when you even talk about legacy, you know, yeah. and, and in times like this, how are we leading? Like, what is the example? And I'm eternally grateful. And I, I mean, her mom was the same way. But it's not because our stories have been easy. It's, I mean, mine is not hard compared, but my mom had a much harder story and my grandmother much, much harder. But yet they rose in adversity. And, you know, we need people around us that we can look to and say, you know, um, what can I do in this rather than just think we're stuck? There, yeah. there are many examples and mentors and we need those mentors in our lives as well to help move us forward when we don't feel strong enough. That's why I think friendship is so critical. Um, and I always say this, you don't have enough friends. So often we feel like, well, I can't even take care of the friends I have, but who is, One of the greatest gifts God's ever given me, and that's the truth. You um, just—you've been a safe shelter for me. I just—I, but I—I I wonder. So many people, they don't want. I mean, you've seen the best of me. You've seen the worst of me. So I think that when you have those safe, trusted friendships, I would not be afraid to call you and tell you, I'm—I'm you know I'm drowning here right now. And if we don't have those people in our life. Um, if we're not being honest with ourselves and honest with others, we're going to get stuck over and over and over again. We need people. We do. I think that's so important, you know, because obviously today these, these sisterhood lives, I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking primarily to our sisterhood population of girls, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not just wild on the air and hoping that someone clicks in. And I think it's so important, girls, you know, even though we're in isolation, I'm talking to the girls now, but, you know, that, that you're staying connected um, in community, you're staying connected to your local campus. Because, again, 
we can all tend to isolate and you know bible says he who isolates right rages against all wise judgment and so you've actually got to get on the front foot and i know that this i know our pastors would be watching and right now saying yeah we are totally here for you but at the same time you know if you're feeling a little bit lonely you've got to actually make some steps towards that and you know i just scribbled when you were chatting helen i just scribbled down you know there is a pressure on um us, you know, um, in our families, if, if you've got families, I realize we've got single girls in the mix here or living alone or with flatmates, but we're kind of on show to our kids 24 seven. Like talk mm -hmm. about, pressure, you know, and so you, actually you can't do that in your own strength. You've got to actually draw on the street. That's why I read Psalm 84 to us, going from strength to strength and drawing on a street. You've given expression to that beautifully. Um, Helen, you wrote down here something um, when we were just chatting. You were saying, you know, in relationships, marriage, it's learning to stay together, like staying together and loving, loving the journey, not just like staying in love with your partner. And, you know, you, I'm sorry, I'm just reading what the scribble that you sent to me, but... You said there's a trend of divorce amongst those who've been married 25 plus years because they've kind of raised their children, but they um, they didn't build beautiful friendship. Like, I mean, it's tragic with that now, you know, they're thinking, oh, my God, that's me. Like, is there like a, is there like a, a, a tip of wisdom or something that you can give them to rescue that situation right now? Absolutely. Uh, it, there is such a trend. It's one of the largest divorce rates right now is amongst people who I think they've, they've run hard. And now, the, and I think we live in a culture too. I'm not going to you know, lie is I'm not happy. So if I've raised my kids, I've done my duty, I'm going to go and be happy only to find out it doesn't really make you happier. And that's why, again, I think it comes down to the condition of your heart. I fought for my marriage. I had to fight for it. And when I say fight for it, I had to learn how to communicate. I learned to, uh, one thing I had to do that maybe was one of the most important things is I learned, had to learn how to ask for what I needed. I think this is just a little lesson that I know to be true is behind every single complaint that we have about our marriage, about a friendship, there's a longing in our heart. When we're complaining, there's something we're missing, we're longing for. And rather than complain about it, what we need to be able to do is to articulate, what do I need? And so I think a lot of people didn't forge the friendship. You know, John and I couldn't be more different. We're so different. How we do life, how we engage people, we're just very different. We're a great team together. But I just thought he should know what I need. Um, and I think if I did not know how to fight for my marriage and say, John, I need this from you. Like even this is so simple, but... Well, it's not simple. It's important. Like he would not regularly, he would not even think to say I love you because he grew up in a family where he heard it exactly zero times. It wasn't the culture of his home. I grew up in a home where I heard it all the time. And so I was always sad. I'm like, why wouldn't he tell me he loves me? Have, you know, I've, but so I needed to say, I need to hear it. And so he looked at me one day and he said, well, how often do you need to hear it? And I, I suggested maybe a, a daily, which was maybe a big ask. And, but rather than complain about it, I asked for what I needed. And this is funny, but true. Back in the day, we had day timers. And so I went into John's office one day at the top of every page, it said, tell Helen, I love her, you know, and he wrote it out. In his <laughs> and at first I'm thinking, are you kidding me? He has to remind himself, but he actually did. So rather than be mad at, I think it's now it's such an endearing thing that he did that because he fought for our marriage that way. But all of that to say, it's something so simple, but what do you want? If you are, have been married for a long time and you feel like my needs aren't being met, I'm not happy here. Do you know what you want? Because if we, we think they should know what we need or what we want, but if we don't know how to ask for it um, in a way that's not demanding or pushy or judgy, but in a way to say, you know, when I said to John, John, this is what I need from you. Um, he was so happy to help work on it. He felt like we did, he didn't know how to fix what was wrong. So I think we can open up doors. And I, I mean, if you'd ask the secret to any great friendship or any great relationship, it's communication. And I think it has to start with God. Yeah. Um, but, and if the communication style you have been doing in your marriage or is it working, then stop doing it that way. Figure out what you need. I needed to learn how to communicate with my very type A male um, husband who was very driven in his personality. It was gonna take, and I didn't, I had to stop telling him everything he was doing wrong and help him do what I needed him to do. And it wasn't that hard. And a little bit of success, you know, there's a miracle in one step. 
one step. Take Love one it. tiny step toward each other because love is a heart that moves. It moves towards one another and it moves towards God. And when you do that, you're opening up a door where a miracle can happen. And so often we just see the door closed. Well, what can you do that would take one step toward that person? And when you do that, and I would say when you start with prayer, how much are we praying for them? Don't complain about them. Pray for them. Because I think when you invest prayer for that person, it unlocks something in your heart. And it moves you in the right direction. And it may not be perfect. And it may not all work exactly. It's not a magic formula. But it's a heart condition that moves you towards that person. Yeah. I find myself sleepless a lot these days. And sometimes I just like, you know, I, I mean, Brian and I, he, he's the same. He's just so, we've been married 43 years. So you become quite familiar with one, each, with, with one another, used to one another. You know, and, um, and I can sometimes feel like I'm at the end of the list of, of, of the things he has to attend to, you know. I mean, I reminded him, girls, this week that, uh, you know, hello, when was the last time you loved me? When was the last time? And, you know, it was a little bit of fronting. But it's just that sometimes they get super busy and they just forget. So I'm just going to jump a question here, Helen, because you've kind of answered it. But, like, I, I wrote down here, you know, if a girl is listening right now, and this could actually work in any relationship, whether that's a parent-child relationship, mm -hmm. teenager, um, spouse, whatever. They're feeling that wedge of distance um, and the person that they are with um, either can't see it or can't acknowledge it. Like, what can they do? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's one thing to uh, free of it all, but when it, like, boil it down and someone's going, There's just, I just can't get through to this person. What do I do? So this is what I would do. Yeah. I would start with a win. I would say, I'd love to talk to you. Can I make you a cup of coffee? You know, I'd make it easy. I always say, if it's a man, feed him first. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just do whatever it takes in a loving way, not like we need to talk. I mean, that scares anybody. It would scare me, and I love to talk. But if it, it's, a, <laughs> if it's a, can we talk about something? But then I John says what opened up his heart and made him feel, because he said, Helen, you were a great communicator. You could talk. And I was struggled. John stuttered. So it always felt like a no-win situation. But if I was in that and it felt, how do I close the gap? I would sit down and, and, and this I've done. I said, John, I love our marriage. I do. I love our marriage. I love you. But I think I have something that maybe could make it better. So yeah. it feels like we're on the same team. Um, and then I would think about what I need from him. And I think maybe if we did this, maybe if we had a weekly date or once a month, just something small and doable where we, you can have a win. We need wins. If there's been a lot of withdrawals from the bank account, but no deposits, it gets hard. But I, I really believe that there is such a miracle in just one win. And so, but I would say, um, I want to talk to you, but in that engaging, I'd make sure that we're not distracted, that I'm, I, you know, it's an easy place that's conducive to communication. The kids are taken care of or whatever. You're in an environment where it's easy. And then say what you, what you like. Say what you love about this person um, and just open up the heart so they feel like I'm not a total failure. I can't, there's something here we can work with. And, and just introduce an idea and then have a success. And so, and if they're like, oh, okay, I could do that. Don't say, wow, we're at it. I have 43 other things I'd love for you to take care of while I'm at it. Just, just enjoy the one win and that will open the door for the other. And I think that it's not that hard. It's actually not. You know, you said this, you know, about kindness. You know, kindness is irresistible. It's um, kindness opens up every human heart. Um, and, and criticism closes every human heart. It's not that hard. And so I ask myself, am I being kind with my words? Would I want to talk to me? I always think about what's it like to be married to me? You know, am I the person that makes, the, am I easy to live with? Am I easy to talk to? Am I easy to approach? And, and uh, maybe that's where we can start. It's, but I think miracles happen when we just are willing to do small steps. I think this, I think this is beautiful, by the way. I think um, I think this is old school wisdom for us. You know, it's like what I won. But um, you've always said, pick your battles, pick yep. your battles in life. Whether that's in marriage, whether that's you know in raising children, or whether that's with friends, just pick your battles. And you know, and I would throw in a tip here. It's like if though if there is that distance, it's then you you've pretty much said it, Helen. But like find something that they love 
and become interested in that, you know, which, you know, for me might mean I need to sit up at like 2 a.m. and watch, you know, Parramatta Eels play in Australia, but <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> okay, I kind of asked, I've got to watch the time here. We're losing, we're, oh, we're doing well, but just, okay. I don't know if we can, if you and I can answer this, but I thought it was good. So last week I talked to Amanda a little bit about, you know, wisdom for young brides and older brides. So if we think about the younger brides of today versus the older brides of yesterday or the, the more old-fashioned brides, um, are there any qualities that we can teach each other? So, for example, you know, I'm old school. I'm a little bit old-fashioned because I've been married 43 years. Like, has, question here for the girls, has serving one another in love gone out of fashion? Um, has being a homemaker gone out of fashion? Some of the Proverbs 31 where it says she looks well to the, you know, she looks well to her household. She rises while it is yet night. Well, I know yet night actually means an adversity. So yay for the women who rise up in adversity and fight for their families. But, you know, that sense of serving um, has been kind of a low maintenance kind of personality woman has all of those things gone out of fashion because you know i know the older girls look at us we look at the younger marriages is there anything helen that you can think that we could each learn from one another even if it's just one thing i don't think it's out of fashion because serving is never going to go out of fashion it's who we are and it's who we're called to be i mean in every realm of life and and it's it's i it's not always I, it's not always the easiest thing. It's easy to serve when everyone's behaving beautifully. Um, and I grew up in a very traditional home where mom was in the kitchen and I have a sister and two brothers. The boys did outside work with dad. I was in the kitchen with mom. I learned to sew, I learned to cook. And I'm really grateful for that. But my girl's world and my grandchildren's world looks a little bit different. And so I think we can learn a lot from each other. Actually, I feel like there's a real resurgence um, and I think it's funnily this, even this season, it's a resurgence, not so much. I want to be Susie homemaker necessarily, but actually people loving the opportunity to be in their homes more. I know not everybody can, but a lot of people have been, but I think that this is the value that I would have. I, I would just say wherever you are, whether it's the dream home or not make home wonderful. I think home needs to be our haven. I would think that's one thing that I, people could learn that, just that when you do you love walking in your own home, like creating an environment that is not about being the most stunning home decorator, but it's it's an environment that is welcoming and peaceful um, and, and creating that in any way. But I've learned so much for women uh, in my world. I look at my daughters and what they're capable of doing and and generations and they seem to be able to do a lot more than I can at times but they're not doing what I I just think that you have to figure out what works for you. There's a number of young moms in my world there. I mean I think of when I think of sisterhood that I'm doing the primarily who's in the gathering for us is young moms with their prams and they're in there and they can't wait to come there and they're trying to figure it out or people that are my age and older. Um, so it's a very, but I love when we all come together and how we sit at each other's tables and we're learning from one another. There's things that I can teach a young mom, but there's things that she can teach me as well. And I think they're very adaptable. Um, yeah. yeah, they're beautiful. And I find they're great at friendship. I think one thing that I was so busy just making a home, I forgot to take care of the friendship factor. And I find that a lot of the, these beautiful young women, they're really good at nurturing friendships. They're not afraid to say, I need a day away and to go and play or something where I would have thought, I can't, I'm, I'm suffering, I'm a mother. You know, I, I think they know how to play a little bit better. And I, the older I get, the more I like to play. Yeah. I with you because I look at a lot of the you know young girls in our world my own daughters they're friends and they're beautiful and um you know they work they work hard they're diligent you know they're carrying different pressures we carry we all carry different pressures especially in life and ministry but um they're a little they seem more chilled out than I ever was so I'm like you know what I should be more chilled out and then of course the distance that you the likes of you and I have when it comes to life and battles and the faithfulness of God, we can say, you know what? Chill out. God is faithful. All right, sweetheart, I'm gonna give you some hard and fast questions because you know we've only got four minutes you know, four minutes left or something like that. So um quickly, what would you tell your thirty year old self? Oh, I think you just answered it. Yeah, I would say chill out. 
I would. I would say, yeah, I, I would say your kids are more important. Like I, I, you and I are a little bit the same about just always how the house needs to be or whatever. I would just shut the door. I wouldn't tell my kids to always have their house, their rooms perfect and, and everything done. I would just play more. I would, I would chill out. I would. All right, perfect. Um, quickly, do you have a favorite memory from Color Journey? Just a favorite moment? Can you? In <sighs> Way too many. I have all, all the hilarious moments. Um, I think of just, we had, we've laughed so much there, but maybe one of the moments that was one of the most marked, I will never, I mean, everyone is so rich, but I'll never forget the day that Marilyn Skinner took the platform and what happened after that. Remember that? That was a marked moment. Remember, she told us about, I know. I feel like something in me shifted. I, I got the... And you say it all the time, attach it to a greater cause, not just the gathering, attach it to a greater cause. But I saw something there that I, I can't unsee. I thought how we can impact, well, you, you know, orphans to rescue, you know, uh, yeah, it changed my life. And a lot of funny moments. We've had a lot of funny ones. <laughs> Remember Krishan? You called him the dark angel. Couldn't get, oh my gosh, that's still one of my favorites. If we all like paid our pants. As Krishan was an angel, came down, <sighs> tried to go up again, and he couldn't climb up over the balustrade. And we were, I like, paralytic. It was all right. Favorite flower? I can't say it. Favorite flower? <laughs> favorite. Oh, right now it's peonies, but I love roses. I like, I love flowers. Peonies will do it for me. Favorite food? Gee, I like a lot of food. Maybe my mom's cooking. Yeah, that uh, that 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 Russian borscht. Mennonite, Russian Mennonite. She's she's the best cook. <laughs> Favorite thing you do with your grandkids? Oh, it's so because yeah, we play a lot, we talk a lot, we yeah, we go out on dates. I love traveling with them, taking them with me. Yeah, I bet. Favorite holiday destination? I used to say Vancouver because I was hardly ever here. Now I have it a lot. Uh, well, I love Sydney. I love Sydney. I love Greece and I, I like Europe. All places in Europe. I mean, I'm German. You know, it's yeah. in my blood. Favorite um, mission or ministry destination? Uganda. Hobby. Uganda. That's one of them. Yeah, I go every year. I went I should, this year. I should, you've been this year? I was there in, in January. Oh, yeah. I, um, I need to get Marilyn on one day onto this, hey? Marilyn yeah. All right, we're nearly there. Does Helen Burns ever have bad days, sad days? <laughs> does she ever consider retiring? And if she does, what does she tell herself? I, I never have a bad day. I have bad moments. Oh. I don't think I've had a whole bad day. That is no. so good. I that bet you don't either. That, that tells me that you have learned how to arrest your heart and arrest your mind and arrest your thinking. There's no sin in having a bad moment. There's no sin in that. We're all human. But it's learning to know what to do with it, eh? Yeah. You're got like one minute so you've pretty much said that you and John haven't stopped dreaming, but do you kind of have, is there, is there a dream in your heart for the future? Yeah, I feel like we're going to take what we do and that God has so allowed us to do. I feel like this new generation more than ever are asking questions of old people like us. Google doesn't have all the answers, and I feel there's a desperate cry to hear from people that are seasoned, that still love each other, love God, love life, love his church. So I feel like it's framing how we're gonna move into the future. So we're dreaming bigger dreams than ever, yeah. I love that, you're amazing. Helen, it's nearly, we've been, well I've been at this for nearly an hour, we've got one minute. Would you just like to pray for the girls, for me? I'd love to. Thank you, Jesus, for this uh, beautiful company of women that have gathered today. God, for every life that that is here. God, I don't know every one of the details of their lives, but you sure do. So God, would you just touch them deep in their heart? To, let them know how special they are, how loved they are by you. And Father, I just pray today 
for every one of their, their hearts. God, I speak healing where there's been hurt. I speak hope where there's been devastation. And Father, I pray that their dreams and their future would shine brighter than ever because they know that you are there walking with them. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Helen Burns, thank you, my darling girl. I'm going to face Thank you. you. Oh, no, you're going to want to have your family time, and then I'll, I'll FaceTime you in the next few days, and we'll have a good old yarn right. together. Thank you so much for coming on. And you know what, girls, for being with us today, and I hope that you've been blessed and you've grabbed some wisdom and you know that we love you and we believe in you. And, again, if you have anything going on in your life where you need some help, all you need to do is put your hand up, amen. Our team are there for you. And so we're going to have a great weekend, youth on Friday night, church right across Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. And um, love your heart and soul, amen. So bye-bye, Helen, and bye-bye, girls. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.